Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, we're back for another solo episode, back by popular demand. So instead of Jasmine and I going to lunch and catching up, since we haven't seen each other in a month, we're going to record it. Yeah. So no filters. We're just going to chat and catch up, but be recording it this time. So. Yeah. Hey, Jazz. Hi. It's a little awkward because we have our mics, but we're going to pretend that we're just like on a walk or at lunch. Shooting the shit. The last time Jasmine saw me was on Gemma's first flight to London. We took her to Europe and Jasmine was just sitting behind me um, recording the whole thing for us. So that was also a coincidence. Unplanned. Very sweet. Very unplanned. So we're both back now. Summer is unfortunately over and here we are. Yeah. So tell me about your last month. So... We went to Europe and it was a first with Gemma. It was a lot of leaning into discomfort. There were germs. There were more people than she's used to. There was a lot of stimulus going on. And I was just thinking a lot about how I need to be uncomfortable and put myself in places of discomfort in order to show her that we can adapt and we can learn on the fly and everything doesn't have to be perfect in order for us to be okay. And I think sometimes I love things to be like according to plan and perfect in my head in order for me to feel good. And I think it's a big lesson when things do not go according to plan, how you act and showing like, now I have an example I need to set for her as she sees this. So if she makes a massive poopy diaper in the middle of the Eiffel Tower and I have to just get on my hands and knees and put out the diaper mat and just be okay with it versus I could just be like, oh my God, I need to go somewhere where I feel safe. Let's like find a somewhere, you know, versus like just, just doing it. And I think it was a big lesson for me to like let go of a lot of preconceived notions and just be present and enjoy these beautiful moments, which I'm very grateful to have. 
So it was a great trip. I have a new nanny starting now and going back to work and just getting back into things in LA. It feels nice to be back and settled and yeah. Yeah. And I think there's also like, obviously people would probably look at your trip to Europe and it's enviable and it still is even though she takes massive shit at the Eiffel Tower. But I think it's about seeing like, yeah, like it's not all butterflies and rainbows. And like, that's what we set out to do with this podcast is like, not everything is what it seems. Not to say that that makes it a bad trip, but also like it is reality and that's okay. Yeah. And it was an amazing trip. I also think it really builds your confidence, um, especially as parents, when you do something for the first time. And, you know, like we got to the hotel room and we put her crib in the closet and we just like closed the closet with the nanit so we could see her. And then just like, it was just so funny to know that we have another child in the room, another little human, and just to carry on doing like our things and the flight, like all the things. It was, it was such an amazing trip. Yeah. I'm very grateful to have it, but I also, you know, have been thinking a lot about community these days and how important that is to me, especially not being from LA and being back here and cultivating that community that I want to have around me and that I want Gemma to have around her as she grows up. And yeah. I know it's top of mind for you too, Yeah, Jess. I think you're really good at just being like my sister has come to some of Annabelle Shabbat's and she's like, it's so sweet. She's like, these Canadian eyes, like this, like very, like almost small town energy, but obviously you're a big city girl. Like you've lived in New York and you're from Montreal, but like this, like very quaint, like, I'm just going to make friends with someone at the farmer's market, which like, I think I have a little bit of, but yeah, like per, you know, community, I think it's funny. Like I just came back from also very blessed. I came back from a amazing wedding in England where I reunited with my boyfriend after two and a half months of visa issues, which was great and stressful, if I'm being honest. Like we had, you know, he's just started a business. So I think, you know, there's just a mix of things, but ultimately it was great. Also, it was, someone had told me it was really warm in London, which like, I guess warm for them is like... So different. 50 degrees. It was raining every day <laughs> when I was there. actually so. dark outside all week. Like my friend Nina, who is a podcast listener. So hi, Nina, who also helped you with the nanny in Paris. Uh, yeah, she yeah. did. So we could go out on a Motherhood date night. Yeah. community. Yeah, there you go. She lives in Toronto and she was like, oh my God, like I deal with brutal winters and this is like it's been dark outside uh -huh. all day. And this was August. It wasn't even technically, you know, whatever fall. I don't know what the marker is, but sometime in September. But anyway, great trip. Ate well. Started a sub stack. I forgot. To yeah, we talked about last... it. No, you talked about it. Oh, did we? It's very last... good. Everyone should subscribe. You talked about it. Oh, no, really? I'm yeah. okay. Don't remember. Well, anyway, started a sub stack. All the things I ate are in my sub stack, if you want to know. And yeah, we had a great trip, a great reunion, obviously some hiccups here and there. It was fucking cold, but then the sun came out for my friend Blaze's wedding, which was the most special wedding. And it was so much fun. It was 95 people and it was at this place called Heckfield Place. And it was incredible. Then I went to New York for my friend Adam, who I call Squish's 30th birthday. I had so much fun. It was great. I actually saw a person that I used to be friends with. And that brought up a lot of funny like things because... In my mind, I was like, oh, like it's going to be all good and cordial. And that person was kind of cold to me. And I think an older, older meaning previous version of me, a younger version of me would have taken that really personally. And I remember just having this, maybe it was the mushrooms, but having this aha moment where I was like, I don't need that person to like me. 
I think you bring up a good topic though. I think friendships are something that a lot of people in their 30s and beyond, but just because we're in our 30s, Mm -hmm. it's more relatable, go through of this notion of like, sometimes friendships are there for seasons and sometimes you're lucky to have friendships that are there for your whole life, but it's not a good or bad thing. And when you have friendship breakups, like Sometimes like that's beautiful and it doesn't have to be this like massive, like, oh my God, I I can't believe she's not in my life anymore. It's just sometimes like we evolve at different paces and we grow at different paces and we no longer serve each other in that area of life that we're in. Yeah, no, that's true. I think what happened in particular with this felt really sad for me at the time. This was a long time ago. That being said though, I think for my own growth, like reflecting on my own growth, I was like, you know what? Like, whatever. You know, like ultimately there's nothing I can do about that. It's also a reflection of her own insecurities versus yours. Of course. But yeah, it was the first time I think ever in my life where I was like, this person doesn't like feels uncomfortable, whatever it is, but like, I'm okay with that. Like I can accept that. It's okay. Nothing's going to happen. It's more about acceptance, right? Like I think so often we want people to change and we want to try to change someone. But in the end of the day, like we can't change someone. And if we would just learn to accept that person, we would stop our suffering because it's causing ourselves to suffer by trying to like push on someone. And my therapist always gave me the example, which I love with a scorpion and a frog. And the scorpion asked the frog for a ride across the river because he can't swim. And the frog was like, why would I give you a ride when you're just going to bite me? And the scorpion was like, why would I bite you? But then we would both drown. And the frog was like, okay, you have a point. Why would, why would you bite mm-hmm. me? So halfway through, the scorpion bites the frog. And his dying breath, the frog says, why did you bite me? Now we're both going to drown. And he's like, it's my nature. I can't change it. And it's so true. Like if you just accept people for who they are and then you won't get disappointed and, and where they're at hurt. and where yeah. they're at. And I think it's like a lesson in life in general is just being, and also accepting where you are, where you're at. And I mean, yeah, totally. I think it makes life much harder. That's actually something I very much learned in my romantic relationship as well is like accepting someone where they are and when they're going to get to certain things. So speaking of kind of all these themes of like, adaptability and acceptance and community. I actually ended up visiting my boyfriend who technically kind of lives in Miami. He has a house there. After New York, it was an impromptu trip. And, you know, I had to accept the reality. I think there was a part of me that was like, logically, there's no reason for you to be here. Like you're British. I have roots in LA, blah, blah, blah. And I think, I mean, if not anything else, this relationship has taught me so much, but it's really taught me the power of like, Accepting people where they are, being very careful with your words. I think I'm just very Persian and off the cuff and like blunt and direct. And my boyfriend is British and he can be very sensitive and like really prefers like tact and, you know, strategy, which is a good thing to have. So, et cetera, not to get too off topic. But yeah, I think like learning to adapt to other people's needs, I think is also just a big part of lessons in relationships, like beyond just accepting where they might be, but also adapting to like you're adapting as a mother to Gemma and I'm adapting right now in my relationship with myself to like new cities and new places. I'm kind of like totally going 
No, no, no. I but no I think where I'm going. The, the adaptability <laughs> point is really valid there. It's like, you're also adapting to his community, to his communication yeah. styles, to his like worth ethics. You know, he's starting a business. In a relationship, you have to adapt to other people's needs a little bit, obviously not at the sacrifice of your own. Yes. Um, however, you do have to adapt so that you can understand them, right? Like if I don't communicate with Aaron in a way that he's going to be receptive to, then we're going to get nowhere. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that's such a thing. We've talked about this on other podcasts, but it's so true. It's like, it's not like what you say, it's how you say it. And like, there just needs to be more strategy, I think. And that's something I've definitely learned. And even, yeah, like going to Miami, I had fun. And like we, at the beginning, you know, had some really serious conversations and then it ended up lightening up and being great. But like, there is this push and pull of like, and this is probably more related to people who are dating in their thirties, where you have these like very established lives and friends and you're, you're attached to them in some way. So like you want to be adaptable, but also not lose sight of like, I don't know, it's all very No, you want to be adaptable, but you also don't want to lose like your core and your foundation. Totally. And I think this, you know, relates to the community thing and something Annabelle and I actually have been wanting to talk about in a solo episode is this idea of fitting in versus belonging. And I think that really is something that even between Chris and I, like, you know, he feels like he belongs in Miami in some sense, right? And he doesn't have that yet in LA. And to be frank, sometimes I don't feel like I have that in LA. LA is not the easiest city to create community in. But yeah, like I was in Miami and I was like, okay, he literally owns a house here that he rents out. He has like friends here. He has like so many things here that he needs to not only tend to, but like are good for his soul and that he's created here. And I don't want to like discount that and bulldoze that, especially from a masculine feminine perspective. I think it can be very emasculating to be like, come to my turf, do my things, be with my friends. Like I think there is a level of like giving into that energy as well. But I did have these moments where I was just like, I don't have friends in Miami, really. Like, I have some friends that I, like, would love to connect with more deeply. But, like, if I'm being completely transparent and vulnerable, I've been on the kick where I'm like, who are my friends? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if it's my stage in life, but, like, I have a lot. Like, I think it's one of those things, like, I have a lot of friends, but I don't necessarily feel like I have. It's quality versus quantity. Yeah. And I think it's also, like, community. I think I have a lot of like close friends in different pockets. So like a close group from my high school, a close group from college and like, but they're not all necessarily close. So it's not like I have this like one core group and, you know, there's pros and cons, right? I go to London and I have a close friend. Like, that's amazing. You know, a lot of people don't have that, but like, sometimes you just want a community that surrounds you in a really safe way in whatever city you're in. And I think that speaks to like, also the fact that I move around a lot. Like I travel quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I think what we were talking about earlier, this like fitting in versus belonging. It's like, you can fit in anywhere. Like you can go to Miami and be with Chris and fit in, right? Fitting in is just like you kind of like putting on a little show and like Mm -hmm. maybe molding a certain part of yourself and like talking to everyone in the room, even though inside you don't kind of feel you're being your authentic self. Then there's belonging, where you're around people that truly love you for you and for you and your soul and your authentic self. And that's this like beautiful, like warm feeling where you can like be whoever you want to be and know that these people are going to love you no matter what. And I think 
for me at least, I can do a very good job of fitting in. I can show up to a room. I can go to any event and really like just go for it and talk to everyone. And everyone will say like, oh, great energy and whatever. But I would come home and then feel a little depleted. When I'm with like my people and when I feel like I have this community and I belong, like I feel full. And so I think it's not only like fitting in and belonging. It's also like when you leave a group, do you feel tired and depleted or do you feel energized and full? And I'm doing a lot now, like taking inventory of who I'm spending time with and being much more intentional with who I'm spending my time with. I don't have the same time that I used to have. I think a lot of my time now I want to spend with my family. I want to spend time with Gemma. I want to be present. So I'm trying to be very intentional with finding communities where belonging and heartful is the feeling I get when I leave versus depletion. Because if it's depletion, then I would rather just be with Gemma and my family. Yeah. I think people become much more discerning when they have kids, which is a great thing. Yeah. And I do think that like, I don't know, I've never had a child, but I have a lot of friends who've have, who have children. And like, I think there's an element of like, there's like a bridge to new community. Like I've watched my sister make an entirely new group of friends and not to say that she's not close with her previous friends, but just like an entirely new world of people because she's a mother. And then on the flip side, I know a lot of friends who feel very lonely, you know, because it is... I can imagine like a bit isolating. I don't know if you felt that way. It's very isolating. I think for me, I did feel very isolated because I was one of the first or I was the first in my family and in my friend group to have a child. But you're right what you said about your sister. It opens you up. It gives you a ticket to this whole new world almost. And I've made incredible friendships and I feel like I love my friends who are not moms and who are with me from the past and they will always be my close friends. I think when you become a mom, there's this like void in you that you need to fill with people who understand what you're going through and to give yourself that like support in order for me to truly feel like I can be the best mom and be around people who truly understand the emotions that I'm going through. And yes, I have a wonderful supportive husband and family, but Aaron will never be able to understand the woman's emotions, the motherhood emotions that you go through. Like mm-hmm. he's a man. Men are not supposed to understand that. So surrounding yourself with, you know, a great group of moms who can truly relate and who you can vent to and they actually understand has been really helpful for me. And also like we're all going through it together, even if our experiences are going to be different because motherhood is different for everyone. You don't even have to say anything. There's just like this understanding, like I got you type thing. Like yeah. I know what you're going through, which I think is is really beautiful. But I love building community. I think I've always loved that. I do that for you know my career now too, bringing people together and establishing community. And it's been actually really fun for me. After I got out of the like isolated part, now I feel like very... I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I have a really good community and I have a good grasp on like how to create it and cultivate it, whether it's hosting or, you know, doing things like that. I think before I was new to LA and I felt very alone. I didn't know how to make friends here. It wasn't like New York where you go to a coffee shop and you meet your new best friend here. It's like, you have to kind of like know someone word of mouth to get more like, like-minded people in your life. But now I honestly, like I'll go to, you know, Soho house and see a cute baby and just start talking to the mom or like I'm walking Gemma in the stroller and I'll see another stroller that, you know, is similar to Gemma. 
grandmas and know that that must be like a newborn and start talking to her and kind of like make friends that way. Like I, I really just like have no shame and yeah, it's been really actually a fun process. Yeah. I think it's like about not being, sounds like hard on yourself when you're like kind of in that transition Mm -hmm. period. Like I think, you know, it's interesting. I moved back from New York to LA, which is like inevitably harder to make friends, but like I know more people in LA, especially since a lot of people left New York because of COVID. But like, and this happened even when I moved to New York and I knew a lot of people there. Like you still have to like get into your groove. And it took me a while to like, I think really settle down and like start to find more like where I fit in or where I belong. And I think, I don't know, to this point of fitting in and belonging, Chris actually brought this up the other day. It's just as a point of combo, like not totally synchronous. And he was like, I think fitting in is the opposite of belonging. And I don't know if that if I completely agree yet, but I do see what he means. Like fitting in to me feels like anxiety. <laughs> like to me, fitting in is like almost like feels inauthentic, whereas belonging is like a sense of safety, I think. Yeah. And I don't know if I necessarily want to fit in, but I want to belong. And like Sometimes, I mean, I guess it depends on who I'm around, but like, obviously I have friends from when I was a kid who are like my closest friends and I'm like, well, I belong. Do I fit in? And vice versa, not just with them and saying with any of my friends, because it's also like life stage yeah. where you're at. Like, I think like, I'm sure people feel this with, I have best, best, best friends from childhood and college who I'm sure around me and vice versa, they're like, I belong. This is my person. This is like my sister, but I don't doubt. I'm sure there's a part of them where it's like, I don't really fit into this world right now because they have two kids now. And like, it's just a different energy, not to say that there's not like a safety there. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But I think that's to our point of like friendships in general, is I think that there is a world where it's like, it's okay not to fit in with your friends because like you're not going to fit in with all your friends all the time because the truth is you're always in different life stages. But like you and I are in totally different life stages, but I definitely feel like I belong. Belong. Yeah, I agree. And I also think it's not even just friendships that's fitting in and belonging. I think from a professional standpoint too, and I feel like this is really top of mind for me, it's like the identity that I was before a mom and like the founder of Breeze and the other kind of career things that I did I felt like I really belonged to. And now I don't feel like I belong to those things anymore. I mean, I sold Breeze now, but I, you know, do a bunch of other things. And now that I'm like adding things to my plate now from a career standpoint, I'm very intentional of 
getting the feeling of belonging from those versus fitting in. Cause I can easily use my skill set and just, you know, get a job and fit into that job. But I really want to belong to that job. Like I want to feel passionate. Like I want to feel like this is on my own Mm -hmm. terms. Like this is, you know, adding to my, you know, happiness. And I want to feel the drive and the excitement to do those things. So I think the fitting in and belonging is, is honestly not just with friendships and relationships. It's really like all the things that we give our energy to, like, do I feel like I fit in mm-hmm. to this total energy? It's like the life stage you're in. I completely agree with that. This conversation is honestly making me have a lot of real-time realizations, but like fitting in is also... To me, I think it's external, whereas belonging is an internal feeling, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, this is my sense of self belonging, whereas like you could fit in nowhere but belong everywhere. 100%. And I think like that is such an interesting... Yeah, the belonging of this like safety, it's it's an internal feeling that you feel safe, you feel at peace, you feel like comforted. And I think it brings up an interesting point too, is like this notion of safety. Like when you feel safe, I feel like you are able to be the best version of yourself. 100%. Like Aaron makes me feel really safe and I did not feel safe. I know you don't need a man to be safe, 100%. I'm not saying that, but- Everything in my life, like I was working at a startup. I didn't have a visa. Like I didn't want to get deported. I felt like a lot of uncertainty in my life. And when I started dating Aaron, like we were both super young, but like he made me feel safe. And because I felt so safe in the relationship, I was able to start Breeze. And I was able to take that chance and to leave everything I knew and just like see what would happen and quit my job and and started my company. And I truly felt alive and excited and passionate and all the feelings that I had been missing for so long. And I always think that one day I would have become an entrepreneur if I had met him or not. But I do think he was the main reason that pushed me to quit my job and start the company. I do not think I would have done it without him at that age. You know, like I think knowing that he was there and that we were going to figure it out together, whatever came up, helped me just go off the deep end. I think that's amazing. Like, and I think it's totally fair to not credit him. Like it takes two, right? But I think Annabelle and Chris were two like forces in my life that like, I don't think I would have launched this podcast. I'm a big idea person. And previously, I think this podcast has given me a lot more like confidence to execute more. But like, I think that like sense of safety and being like, we're in this together. Like I remember Chris was a large part of the reason why I left the job, which was the reason I moved to LA for. And like for many reasons, including my fucking ego, I was like, I don't want to leave. This was my idea, blah, blah, blah. And it was like a really traumatic (laughs) turn of events. But like, I remember Chris being like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're literally wasting your time. Like, we kept joking I was being paid hush money because I was being paid to do nothing. And so I think it's totally fair. Like, there are certain people in your life, it can be in the form of a partner, a parent, a friend, whatever it is, that really, like, push you. Like, my friends Marissa and Sarah were the reasons I started a Substack, And I was like, this is pretty vulnerable. I'm like, you know, make typos and blah, blah, blah. But they're like, and you're such a supporter in the same way, like, of like just do it. It's okay. Like no one's judging you. And I think that is such a special thing to like honor in your life. Friends that are like, 
any energy in Friends your life. that want to see you succeed. And sometimes you do need a little push and that's okay. Like to, yeah, it's to okay get a little, to need help. To need a little push. And honestly, like you bring up execution. I think execution is a topic we could probably talk about for a very long time. Yeah, maybe for the 99. next 99.9% <laughs> of people have ideas, amazing ideas and don't execute. Yeah. Right. And it's the you- hardest thing to just carry through with your idea. And that's why, you know, I'm a firm believer in this like baby steps, right? In addition to this podcast and a bunch of other things, I am also a coach, like on mindset and career coach. And I have a lot of people come to me with like all these ideas, but they get so overwhelmed by the big idea. They actually never even do it. And if you can just think in baby steps, like what do I need to do today in order to get to the, what I want to accomplish that week and think of it in such small increments that the big thing, you don't even think about it too much because that part overwhelms you. And So I think it's like that in so many things. It's not even just with your career. It's just like in a relationship that you want to be better or to build community. What do I need to do today to build the community? Instead of thinking like, oh, when Gemma is one years old, I need to have like all of these people and set in stone and that, right? Like we always think in such big things. Like we're taught, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? Like I've never subscribed to that. Like, I don't know what I'm doing in <laughs> tomorrow. And then. I honestly don't want to know like Same. what I'm doing in five because, years. I by hope the way, life takes me somewhere exactly. better than I can imagine. Like life, if you are open to life and you're receptive to life and all the abundance that it has, like more things are going to be uncovered every single day that what I'm going to be doing in five years, I probably, it's probably like in my like realm, but it's not in my consciousness, you know? Yeah. And they say, actually, I have a friend who, when I started microdosing mushrooms, she was kind of like the catalyst and because she had done it and she had said something so profound, which I was like, I need to get on whatever the fuck she's on. But she was like, you don't want to be limited by your own imagination because your own imagination is only as big as like what you've been exposed to. And I'm like, I would love to be taken somewhere where like, I don't even know something better, bigger, like more expansive. I don't mean actually bigger. I mean, just more expansive than where I think I'm going or need to go or should go. Cause usually that's like all ego anyway, but I'm really happy we're having this conversation. Cause honestly, like it really is full disclosure, like I left Miami yesterday and I was joking with my friends in my group chat that this thing happens every time Chris and I leave each other. And I think it's very human, but it's like, I get shy. And if you know me, I am not shy Mm -hmm. and I get really shy and like shut down. And then yesterday I was actually proud of myself because I cried versus just like being a wall. And he was like, I think you just get sad every time we part. And, um, I also am getting my period, which like, it's just crazy as a woman that like you're depressed for one week a month, if not more. But I was just like, I'm going back to LA. Like, who are my people? What are my things? Like, I don't know. And it's like, I think even this conversation in of itself has given me a sense of relief of like, I think I like sometimes feel like I don't fit in, but like I do belong. And I think I can like kind of pour energy into that feeling. And I think like, even at least for me, and I hope for anyone else listening, like making that distinction within myself whenever you feel left out, or like an outsider or anything that falls even like slightly in that orbit that you could take a minute to take inventory and be like, okay, where do I belong? And it's okay to not fit in at that time. Yeah, and I also think belonging can come to yourself too. It's like we belong 
we're, we're in ourself. And yeah. sometimes we're so focused on everyone well, external telling us that we belong or fit in or posting on social media, the highlight reel and whatever to feel like we fit in. But in the end of the day, like coming back to yourself, like that's for me, like I think true belonging, right? Like sitting in silence, meditating, like journaling with my own thoughts. Like that's another place where I really feel like I belong. Like I am here and I'm grounded. I think totally. I think connecting to that. And I think we just like get so caught up in our goals and our intentions and our desires and And none of that matters. I know. And none of that stuff, like all the goals and desires and external things don't matter. Like I recently had one of my close friends, her husband passed away tragically and it really like hits a nerve and it's life is so short and all of these external things just really don't matter. Right. Like it just really comes back to like your people and love and, you know, it really, it really hit me. And, and sometimes, you know, we need these little reminders that show us that life is too short. And sometimes we're so caught up in something so external that makes no difference. And we need a little reminder to be like, no, what is important? My family and whatnot. And it shook me so much that we decided to surprise my grandmother and my family for Rosh Hashanah this past weekend. We weren't going to go because we had just gotten back from Europe and traveling with a baby and all these things. But I was just like, life is too short. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So we got on a plane to Montreal, six hours with a baby. She was actually great. And we surprised my grandmother. So Gemma's great grandmother. And I sent you the video, Jazz. Like it warmed my entire soul, like to see her meeting her. And she was just like reading a book and we walked in and she was just dropped everything, like freaked out. Yeah, it was so sweet. Um, and it was, it was so special. So it, it really like takes you out of your like day to day and your job and your, all the things that we consume from society and just makes you come back to like, what is it that's actually important? Like, what am I going to remember? And I think sometimes we all need that reminder, unfortunately. Yeah. I think perspective is obviously important. And I think it's because there's a lot of noise sometimes, at least for me, increasingly harder to get. But similarly, my friend, a family member of hers, boyfriend died very tragically and super young. And like, when you just same thing. Like when you think about that, you're like, Jesus, like none of this stuff matters. And like full transparency, like when Chris and I had these like really serious conversations upon reuniting, we like went through inventory. What's our dream relationship look like? What are we looking for from one another and from like partner and whatnot? And I think a lot of that, I remember post having heard the whole story of what happened and being really like moved by it. I was like, I just like, I don't want to get caught up in this small stuff. There's already so much small stuff that we're all so easily distracted and get pulled into. And like, I just want, and it's easier said than done, but I want like a flow of unconditional love between me and the people around me. And like, speaking of like being discerning around who you're around is like staying in energy of like, I know I can sometimes live by my stories. I know other people can easily fall into that. And I can see it happening in real time with others, with myself, et cetera, even my parents. I see my mom fall into it. And I'm like, mom, I think you're just like create. And she's like, yeah, you're right. And like, I'm blessed to have parents who are at least willing to listen and learn. But yeah, like I think that is what creates belonging to me is like this unconditional safety, love, and quite frankly, perspective that like none of it really fucking matters. None of it matters. And how can we be intentional with our time, our words, yeah. our relationships? Like sometimes we just go through life on autopilot. 
right? And sometimes you need the perspective and something to shake you in order to come back to consciousness. Why am I actually doing that? And then you start questioning, like, why do I actually say those words? Like, why am I actually spending time with this person if I'm not happy, right? Like every night before Gemma goes to bed, Erin and I like have these things, like part of her bedtime routine. And we were quite intentional about choosing like what we say, but we say, Gemma is lovable. Gemma is safe. Mommy and daddy are so proud to have you in our family. We say that three times. And then we say, you are lovable. You are safe. Mommy and daddy are so proud to have you in our family. And the reasons behind the the lovable versus loved is I want her to know that she is lovable as a person. And it's not based on someone else's viewpoint of her. She doesn't need someone to tell her that she is loved by them. She is lovable herself. And then, you know, we go back to safety all the time. So I always want her to know that she is safe to create whatever she wants. She is safe to, you know, be who, exactly who she is. And then the last point is we're proud to have you in our family. Like that's again about belonging, right? We talk so much about this. I want her to know that she is part of something and we're proud to have her in this unit of ours. And it's not that we are lucky to have her. It's that we're proud to have her because she chose us. I believe that like mm-hmm. we chose her or she came in to teach us what we need to know. And she chose us to really manifest like her full potential. So it's not about luck. It's about, you know, we're proud to have her in this unit that we are creating. And like, I think it also makes me think of like, each time I talk to her, what am I saying? What are my word choices that I'm using? Because I'm imprinting in her mind and I want to imprint words and feelings that make her feel safe and make her feel able to be whoever she wants to be. And I don't want her to feel like she has to be something. And it's interesting, like in motherhood, you really have to take out your ego, right? Like I could want her to go to a certain school because everyone on my street goes to this school, but is that best for her? So I have to like, again, remove my ego from parenting and come back from a place of consciousness and what is best for her? Like, how is she imprinting this? It's much easier said than done. And I always tell her like, I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes, but you know, this is your mom and I'm not trying to be perfect either. Can I just say, I am so proud of you and I'm so humbled. And no, I truly like actually want to shout this out because A, I think it's very profound. I learn so much from my friends who are now mothers, of course, because they're like going through something I personally haven't gone through. And watching my sister become a mother has been like so humbling. My sister is, I think this is like the role she was always meant to play that her and I both didn't know neither of us were baby people. And she's an incredible mother and always willing to learn. Same thing as you. And and my friend Nina, and I just like watch all of you guys in your poise and grace and like you know, people make fun of our generation and the generation below us. Everyone's like self-indulgent, obsessed with self-help, whatever. But like, I'm watching all of that work pay off. Like I'm watching the growth that you had prior to having a child. And my sister did prior to having a child and Nina did prior to having a child and everyone else in my life who has children, Kyle, Sienna, Audrey, et cetera, like take what they know and that knowledge that our parents unfortunately didn't have the privilege and or like I don't want to just say interest. I think it was a different time. I don't want to blame them, but like, and really putting it to work. Even Christoph Sepian, who is on our podcast, like watching him become a father, like watching my brother-in-law become a father. I mean, like, it's just incredible. Like my sister the other day was giving me relationship advice and she was like, I know it sounds silly, but like, I really learned from having a toddler. Like you have to really let people coming back to this idea of acceptance. Like, like we let Ronan like when he's tantruming or when he needs something, we just like let him be in that. 
we don't like get mad at him. We don't scold him. We allow him to have his feelings. And then we go in and we're like, okay, but this is like, et cetera, et cetera. And like, even just these little nuggets of information and watching my peers parent has been so enlightening and so humbling. And I'm just like, so impressed by all of you. I'm impressed by you and I'm proud of you. you. And I'm excited to see like what these kids turn out like. I really appreciate that because it really tests your patience sometimes. It really tests you. But I will never tell her that I'm perfect. I will always tell her I'm a work in progress. And she is my guide to like how she wants me to parent. Like I want to listen to her. And yeah, I definitely don't have it figured out. I will never pretend to have it all figured out, but I'm learning and it's honestly very enlightening to learn. It's amazing to see the world through her eyes, even like traveling or even going outside to see how she looks at the world, just so innocent and naive when we have so many preconceived notions of this is good and bad. I don't want to say this is good or bad. I want her to like see the world for the beauty that it is and not have like a good or bad because society says it is bad like right or her peers which brings me to honestly what I actually wanted to say about the relationship advice my sister gave me through the lens of parenting which I think is very important and everyone should know this and I feel like this is just a human thing I wrote about this in my substack but I do feel like at least for me like especially when you date in your 30s you're more likely anxious or avoidant you like have these tendencies to protect yourself we do things to protect ourselves it always comes out of protection And we can be quick to like, and we do, I mean, people do this in life. We label the person we went on a date with, we label our parents, we label our friends, we label the person we're working with, or we up for a job interview for. But the truth is like, my sister was like telling me actually about her relationship with her husband. They've been together 12 years. And she was like, you know, sorry to China, but like he loses his keys a lot. But like never once have I been like, he doesn't have it together. He's an irresponsible dad. Like I've never like labeled him in that way, like throughout the relationship. And it's so true. Like in the 12 years, I think that's how long they've been together. I've never heard, I didn't even know my my brother-in-law could lose keys. And she was like, and I do that. I practice that with my kids. I don't want to like, if they do something repeatedly, be like, they're that type of kid. This My kid's really shy. My kid's really Not antsy. to put them in a box. Yeah. And I think it's a just good lesson for relationships. For all of us. Yeah. All but it's, relationships. I think it's also a great lesson for ourselves. Like, you know, we label ourselves as perfectionists. Now we call ourselves recovering perfectionists. But for so long, I'd be like, oh, I'm such a perfectionist. Like, and when people are like, what's your biggest weakness? It's like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. Or like, I am, yeah, it's like, (laughs) I, well, like I am an athlete. I am a, like, oh, I'm such a type A personality. I'm like, always go, go, go. And I'm like, subconsciously labeling myself and putting myself into these boxes so that when I want to come out of them and they no longer serve me, I'm still in those Box. Yeah. And like you just end up putting yourself and everyone else in the fucking prison because you're like, some days I'm really on top of it and some days I'm not. And that's okay. We're human. Yeah. It's part of the human experience, guys. So this was a lovely catch up. Yeah. Jazz. I hope it wasn't um, as I hope you guys in, enjoyed it as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. These, these solo episodes are a lot more nerve wracking and anxiety inducing for us, but we're doing them because, because the whole podcast is about vulnerability. Get, yeah. So we hope you enjoy. We'll do it again soon. All right. Bye. Imagine. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.